Sarah. Save the world. Hello. Welcome to Gaia and Sarah Save the World. I'm Sarah. I'm Gaia. And uh, today we're talking about self-care. Obviously. Obviously. Since <laughs> we're in a bubble bath. Since we're in a bath. Um, we thought this was the only way to do a self-care episode. Yeah. Because um, this is the only way to do self-care is with a bath. I mean, basically, you can cover all of what self-care is by getting in a bathtub and putting in a bath bomb, right? That's it. We made kombucha cocktails. Yes. Sponsored by kombucha. Cheers. So, um, we really want to talk about what it feels like to have a bunch of insecurities. Because we're experts on this. Yeah. So, um, why do you think that women feel so insecure? Patriarchy. <laughs> Done. We're literally made to feel insecure um, because it keeps us in a more um, submissive role and there's so much more money to yes. be made off of our insecurities when you can market products to make every little thing that we obsess over be better. We also are, we feel really insecure because we are taught that the best way to be valuable is to be physically attractive and Which, that it has to fit a certain definition of being physically attractive. Um, we compare ourselves to others constantly, all the time. We go as far as to comparing ourselves to things that aren't realistic or even exist, like comic book characters. We talked about this in the sex episode, but mm -hmm. the whole like women's beauty standard thing is morphed by male fantasy. And yes. we're trying to live up to something that A is fucking stupid mm -hmm. and B is impossible. Yeah. And so it's a it's a game that we can't win. So we're in this like rigged game that we're all like constantly working on to like validate ourselves and feel like attractive as women and valuable because apparently our value has to do with what men think of us right. about like the way that we look on the outside, right. which is something that women kind of like get together and talk about a lot is like what our insecurities are and we mm -hmm. kind of like bounce them off of each other almost to be like, do you feel this way or validate that I feel this way? And it's really funny because... When we get together in groups, like, and we share, like, the things that we're insecure about, we're all like, what? what? Like, I didn't even notice these things about right. it. Like, what are, you what are you talking about? The things that we're insecure about that we, like, hyper-focus on, like, right now, I'm super insecure about my weight, which when I tell people that, they're like, you're insane. But, like, I currently weigh the most I've ever weighed and, like, put on weight that I've never had on my body before. So I feel like I take up way too much space in a room. You told me this, like, I don't know how many months back, and mm -hmm. I was like, I didn't even notice that you had, like, put on weight or, like, anything. Like, yeah. I would have not noticed. Yeah. So we're, like, hyper-focusing on these things and, like, the way that our eyes see them is through that, like, body dysmorphic yes. of, like, Everything we notice that's this big, we see is like this big, and it's all in our heads. Yes, like I've become so aware that I now know that I don't look to myself at all how I look to other people. Mm -hmm. Like it's important to all. remember that. Yeah, and then but like I'll see myself like in videos and stuff. I'm like, oh okay, like that helps me kind of tell that I look normal. Yeah, but, like I don't even feel like I look normal, which is. I'm just mean to myself. I'm super mean to I myself. I think we're all mean to ourselves because we've been taught to be mean to yes. ourselves. Yes. Something else I'm insecure about is like, I feel like my face is really asymmetrical. 
I can't. It's not. It I is. can relate. I mean, it all, is. everyone's face is like right. somewhat asymmetrical. Right. But I can relate to that so much. That's why when we film, I'm on this side of you and only show the side of my face. In fact, in all of my photo shoots, I don't show the right side of my face. That's crazy. It's a whole ass side of your face. You Seriously, you never see the side of my face for a reason. Wow. I even tell photographers when I work with them for the first time, I'm like, I don't photograph this side of my face. Ever. And they're like, why? And I'm like, I just don't. <laughs> so like, we feel in these like extremes. Mm -hmm. Like, and maybe, maybe I'm like extra self-mean. Self-mean. Self-mean, we'll call it. One of my boobs is bigger than the other. Same. No, I only like my right boob. I, yeah, me too. I was like, which one? <laughs> like, I don't even like the left one. I'm, I'm like, like, she can go. I don't, like, I'm like whatever about it, but I actually have to adjust my bra straps to where like it's tighter in this one. And why does it matter? I have talked to so many women about this. Apparently almost every woman's yes. boobs are like uneven. Yes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. How many men also it's like imperceptible. Yeah, and I was about to say, like, how many men have pointed this out to me? Zero. To go with that, like the whole right side of my body is just like bigger than the left side of my body. Really? And like Mm-hmm. Like, just asymmetrical stuff, like, one nostril is different shaped than the other. What? I've never noticed this about you. Mm -hmm. Like, one is, like, thin and more closed, and, like, one is more open, and I don't like that. Um, sometimes when I take photos of myself, I'm like, wow, I have a whole lazy eye, like, melting off my face. Oh, I actually did have a lazy eye as a kid, and I have to flare one eye a little bit bigger in photos to make them even. Yeah, yeah. And then when I used to be more fit and like had a lower body fat percentage, I only have a left oblique, like I used to have like the cut like uh -huh. V thing, but it's only on my left side, I can't get it on my right side. No Are matter. you sure? Because I feel like I remember seeing photos of you where I could like see like the cut lines. Um, yes, but it, like the oblique itself that like comes out is like only on my left. I'll show you a photo. Wow. It's weird. Wow. Does it feel better? Yeah. Okay. And our audio probably just got way better too. Yeah. So like the whole reason why I don't show the right side of my face is because there's two things. So left side, this is what you always see of me online. Right side, I never show this because right through here, I don't even know if you can fucking see it. Right through here, I have more of like, it's called your buccal fat pad. And mine is like almost double the size on here. All right, what? Yes, I've literally, I've met with two plastic surgeons about it just to like wow. validate like what is going on. See, here. I never would have known. I never been like, oh, I it's, see the fat pad it's here. It's this, it's this little pocket right here mm -hmm. and it sags more. And on top of that, my jaw muscles, for whatever reason, are more prominent on this side. Oh. Like maybe I grind my teeth. So it makes all of this mass in here stick out more. And it almost kind of looks like, like if I had like, like, um, like, something like in my mouth, like candy that I'm wow. holding in my cheek. And sometimes it shows more than others, but if if you look at straight on photos of me, like you can see it more. Wow. I mean, my teeth, like I have crowding in the front from like what caught up to me from not wearing uh, retainers after mm -hmm. my braces because I was that person, mm -hmm. which I'm now trying to get fixed this year. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, like that's a big thing for me, but outside of like, um, asymmetrical stuff like I've been uh, super insecure about my nose my entire life because it's big and it's like sloped I guess it's like like the more like European nose or mm -hmm. whatever or I don't know if it's because I'm Turkish like I don't really know what it is but I've been made fun of for that 
my entire life, People through suck. every single phase of my life. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until maybe like the last two years where I was just like, this is just my fucking nose. Like, it's cool not to have the same nose that every person has, well, too, I think. I, I like was like dead set on getting a nose job for years and then what I did was I photoshopped my nose in one photo that like never went online mm-hmm. and did it to what a nose job mm-hmm. would make it look like and put it alongside of like the photo of me on, on my yeah. nose. And I I don't know if it's because like my nose is such like a prominent feature of my face yeah. that I guess makes me look different. But when I changed it, I looked so similar to like a hundred different people right. that I know that I was just like I don't even look like me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to just accept that, like, I, you know, have a very, I guess, interesting mix of, like, nationality. Yeah. 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 Um, and so it's given me an interesting amount of features. But, like, the way I try to make myself feel better about my nose is I look at, like, ancient Egyptian drawings and, like, how their history was written and, like, all the people in power mm-hmm. had long faces, long chins, long, like, pointy down kind of yeah. noses. Yeah. Like, okay, a big one for me is, like, this is something that I've also embraced, so kind of on the same theme, but I think a lot of us feel insecure about stuff that actually makes us, like, really unique. Yes. And um, I used to be so insecure about having curly hair mm-hmm. that I flattered my hair until literally, like, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm trying to embrace it, and even now it's hard, and I feel like I look totally different with curly hair versus straight hair, and it's really just because I look, like, different than what a lot of people look like. It's that you're defying that whole, like, Western European beauty right. state, which is, like, you have to have perfectly straight hair right. and, like... Yeah. You know, all that. So that's a big one. And then, like, having freckles. Like, I'm covered in freckles. My arms are covered in freckles. I used to want to get them, like, removed. Like, since I was a kid. I was like, one day I'll just get them removed. Well, yeah, I remember growing up, like, freckles were like, ew, you have freckles. Yeah. And I think things have changed a lot. Now people put on freckles. I did it for a photo shoot, and I was like, whoa, this is cool. Yeah. Now I love my freckles. My hair is still a journey, but my freckles, (laughs) I'm like, I'm so glad I have them. They're just cool. They make you look so much different Mm -hmm. than, like, anyone else. Yeah. I can always cover them up with makeup. I didn't really know about that as an option as a kid, but now I do. So I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, if I don't want them, I don't have to have them. But now I'm glad I have them. I like the things that make us look different. Like I do, too. That goes into, like, another topic we were talking about doing is unconventional beauty. Yeah. Obsessed with it. Yeah. Obsessed with people that, like, are attractive and don't meet these same stupid, like, cookie-cutter, like, beauty standards. A perfect example of, like, unconventional beauty would be... Adam Driver! Yeah! Can we talk about him in every episode? Every episode. No, seriously, because, okay, Adam Driver in most things that I've seen him in, and I don't know if he, like, fits this into the script or maybe it's already written in, I don't know, but he finds a way to bring up his appearance in every character that he's in and kind of, like, talks shit on himself. Yeah, he trashes himself. He's like, I'm just weird looking or, like, Mm -hmm. things like that. But the thing about Adam Driver is... That's what makes him so attractive to yes. me. Not just the fact that he's fucking 6'3", but part of it. The fact that he, no one looks like him. Who looks like him? Who? No one looks like him. When they first revealed him as Kylo Ren and he took his helmet off, I was like, wow, that, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was not that. Yeah. And then as the, um, as time went on, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. he's so attractive because he's so different looking. I first saw him in Girls. 
And like from the first second he was on that show, I was like, why am I obsessed with this weird ass guy? Like I didn't He's even so like weird the rest of the show, but I was like, I'm gonna watch this forever because of this weird guy. I think that like it's important to be self-aware enough about these things and to like embrace what makes you actually unique because yeah. that's what's cool. Like no one else has certain aspects of your face. Like I've been reading articles or I've read a couple articles, which I have mixed feelings on about like Instagram face and everyone changing their face to look more and more beautiful. And it's like, yes, like this is what humans like do find yes. beautiful. And that's just like true. And there's no way around it. Like it's about symmetry and like, even like it blends people kind of, it makes people look like homogenous. That's one thing about the Instagram beauty thing that I actually really like is like, it's showing that what we actually find attractive is a blend of kind of like all nationalities, but the thing is no one actually looks that, or maybe like right. three people right. look that way. We're like trying to like morph our appearances to like be this one set mm -hmm. thing. It's, it's really like an weird. amalgamation of like all different things that appeal to us. Yeah. It's strange. It's really weird. And I wasn't even like aware of it until probably like the last like year. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I remember looking back at photos of me from 2016 and I was like, I'm trying, I was trying to do it then and I didn't even realize it. Like, yeah. I was changing the way I did my makeup and the way I would pose and like, like all these different things to yeah. make my features look different and it was to fit that image, but it wasn't even conscious yeah. to me. You can't tell. Recently I was like, should I get lip filler and is it because I see people with bigger lips than me or is it because I read that aging makes your lips like naturally smaller and I do feel like my it lips have gotten smaller so I'm like I can't but I still I'm like I can't tell if I just want to look like how my lips looked 10 years ago or if I just want them because it looks good on other people because well, it does look good like I don't know it's weird I've had lip fillers three or four times uh, in the past four years mm -hmm. and I've gone, I've done different amounts and I've gone back and had it dissolved and like, you know, lip fillers are very temporary. Right. Um, it's gone in like four months. Yeah. I mean, six months for some I people. think it's cool that like we have access to that kind of stuff, but then it's also like, it is cost prohibitive. It for, is for, not. Cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, now I'm just doing art. I can't afford that shit anymore, mm -hmm. but it's interesting because like I was very against that stuff for a long time and then I was like, fuck it, like, you know, if I'm doing my makeup and I draw my lips big anyway, why not just have the volume there so it's easier right. to do it? And well, I think it's cool that you can get it for like jawline and like all different stuff oh, and yeah. it is temporary and yeah. like not a huge altering mm -hmm. thing that you have to go have done. Like I think that's really cool. I'm all for people doing whatever the fuck they want to do with their appearance, but you, but then it's also like, how much is this costing us? Like, okay, another insecurity I have is like my stomach is not like a naturally like flat stomach. Like mm -hmm. even when I've had like very low body fat, it's just like the way my body is shaped. Isn't it just your uterus? That's what I've read. Like I read I that. I didn't know that at the time, but yeah. I I was like so insecure about it and I still kind of am because we're trained to be. I yes. had cool school thing done, which is like yeah. very expensive mm -hmm. and it helps, but like barely. Yeah. It's like, I can only notice it when my body fat is like low, mm -hmm. then I can tell the difference. But if it's not like, if I'm not working really hard to maintain really low body fat, 
then I just like wasted my money. <laughs> it's wild because what we're doing is we're kind of like taking like what men can look like when they're like ripped or have like a low right. body fat, which is like they can be straight down or even kind of in and down. Yeah. And we're applying that to women's bodies. Our bodies can't look like that. Right. We have different organs. We have different things going on. Right. But no one bothered to tell us that. Yep. Like, I've, I mean, I've been thin my entire life, and I've still had, like, a little bit of my stomach in tight dresses. Right. It's not flat. It's out. Right. You know, it doesn't matter. Even like, you can have, like, liposuction, and it's yeah. still, like, it's just, like, your body is shaped that way. Or your body is more, like, predisposed to, like, holding on to a little bit of fat there. Which is good. Like, yeah. that's the thing. is like, we see all this is bad, but, like, the reason why women hold on to fat in certain places is so we can, like, you know, have children. Right. You have to be of a certain weight and body right. fat to even be able to conceive. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just really, it's really weird, and I don't know, maybe it's because we're getting older, because, like, it really is true that, like, when you get either close to 30 or in your 30s, a lot of the things that you used to hyper-obsess over and put so much importance on you just stop caring about yeah like the, the flat stomach thing like i'll wear dresses i'm underweight right now because i'm stressed but like when i wear dresses and my stomach like pokes out like that i just don't care anymore oh yeah i'm just like who is gonna fucking right. say shit honestly like, i see other women shaped like that and i'm like that's adorable yeah and then on myself You're i'm like, like nope hate it yep hate it like what is with that like i can see people with like a similar body to mine, I'm like, she looks amazing. And then I look at myself and I'm like, troll. I look like a troll. I, I literally <laughs> do the same thing. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, because we're trained to hate we ourselves. Make no sense. We are. We are trained to hate ourselves. Yeah. And to be an insecure mess because it's profitable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense logically in our head. But it does make sense as to why we feel this way. Yeah. So here's something really complicated, like the way we look and attractiveness like is one of the forms of power that women have access to. Yes. And we have to embrace a double standard almost. Well, under patriarchy, when women don't have the same rights or power as men, you do have to look at where our power, like power cards are at yeah. attractiveness and sex, especially in like heteronorm, like crap, like that's what we have. It's sad that that's what right. we have. But while that's still going on, it's smart to understand. It is. It's smart to understand and to utilize that because you don't have power in the other areas like men do. Right. So wield it. Do something with it because unfortunately we're going to be probably living under patriarchy God knows how long. Yeah. So that makes me view makeup very differently than I used to. I don't feel that I'm like unattractive without makeup, but I don't feel like I'm one of those people who like they wake up and like they're conventionally attractive and just like perfect like, yeah whatever yeah the way I view makeup now is for creativity mm -hmm. and for power yeah. I view makeup as a power tool I think I texted you like months and months ago like maybe when we first started doing the show like do you ever feel like you're putting on war paint when you yes. do your makeup uh -huh. like it feels like you're preparing for battle mm -hmm. because it is a way that we're taking power and like Men can look good without makeup, but really it's just because we're conditioned to still yeah. find men attractive without makeup. It's not that they look good without makeup. It's that the standards are literally so low for them that we just consider it like, oh, they just look good. They right. Really and we're conditioned to think that aging looks bad on women. Like, I've even felt and said, like, 
men look like more attractive as they age, but like the I same effect. I used to effect, say that too, and it's bullshit. You don't feel it the same way when you look at women because we're so conditioned. But now I'm like consciously shifting my view Me to too. where when I look at older women, I'm like, she looks beautiful. Yes. Like in, and like. If having like wrinkles and fine lines and all that can still look yes. like really good the same way it does on a man. Yeah. But it's crazy how wired into our brains it is. Well, it's even down to like media and everything. Like basically like once a woman is like over 25 but more so like in their 30s, they're basically not photographed or seen. Yeah. So what this does when we're growing up is it shows us that basically like you disappear after a certain right. age. That once you have certain like lines and stuff like right. that, you are not valued. valued. You are useless. And men really push that into our heads as yeah. well. I mean, how many men do you see that, like, they hit a certain age and they stop dating their age and then they start rolling back and rolling back and rolling right. back and dating women that, are, that have barely been adults? Right. So we have everything yeah. screaming in our faces that we are not allowed to age. Our value goes away. We're ugly. Like, all these things. And it's all bullshit. It's bullshit. You just have to s stop playing the rigged game where we are not allowed to win. When you play by the rules, you will not win. Right. But then we also have to, to an extent, we don't have to, but like, it's a very valid choice to embrace the rules too. Yes. So that's why it's like not okay to, um, you know, feel angst towards or like bash or shame women who are embracing like sexuality as a way to gain like money that's and that's what we're talking about right about, like, knowing what our power cards are like right. for example we're we're doing this youtube video right now we didn't have to put on makeup but you know what we're going to get better views and get more shares because we have makeup on that's understanding how this game works. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we think about ourselves as more valuable and like ugly without makeup. It's that this is the fucking game we're in. Right. And this is one of the tools that we have and mm -hmm. there are fewer tools available. Yes. So For women, far yeah. fewer tools. Yeah. It sucks because like when you're trying to advise like young women about what to value and like, you know, kind of like where you're right. supposed to be. It's hard because you don't want, I don't ever want to tell young women, like, focus on your looks and makeup. Right. Like, you need to be really good at all this stuff. Because these things don't matter. They matter in situations, basically, where, like, men's standards come into play. Yeah. Where it's going to affect your ability to achieve things. That's the sad reality. Right. Well, it's weird, too. Like, I've gone back and forth on that issue of, like... Should I never wear makeup? Should mm -hmm. I wear makeup some of the time? Should I wear makeup every day? And like part of me feels like, like I stopped, I used to, I didn't wear makeup until I was like 24. I remember like, that when you started wearing yeah. makeup, I was shocked. It was, it was like, like a big oh my deal. God. <laughs> And then I was like, whoa, I kind of looked like this my whole life. Like, wow, like this is such it's a cool thing. Like it's really cool. So then I wore makeup like almost every day for years. Or, like, wouldn't leave my house without brows on type mm -hmm. of thing. And then I, like, was, like, I don't care anymore. Like, I kind of stopped wearing makeup. But now I'm kind of swinging back the other way where I'm, like, should I wear makeup as a way of, like, pampering myself or, like, feeling good yeah. about myself or, like, the ritual of it? But it's also, like, not that great for your skin to wear makeup all the time. You know, like, yeah. there's so many dynamics that go into it. I think you just kind of have to, like, decide over time and what I think feels right. Yeah, I think it's fine to, like, switch back and forth. Like, I used to wear makeup every day. Yeah. I don't. I own, literally only wear makeup when we're filming, yep. when I have photo shoots or events to go to. Yep. 
Anything outside of that, nothing. Don't fill in my eyebrows, literally nothing. Yeah. You cannot make me put anything else. <laughs> my biggest thing is like, I hate taking it off to where I would pay someone like $100 to take it off for me. To me, it's not taking the makeup off. It's like doing it. The whole process of doing it and I'll how do it. frustrated I get doing it. But I think it's because you're like really great at makeup yes. and like taking your time to do a really, okay. This is the See? insecurity yeah. episode. <laughs> I have conflicting views on like how much waste is produced by makeup. Oh, I know. And I'm a makeup artist. When you so find I'm out like, that makeup is like microplastics and like all the packaging and like all this stuff. And it's bought like, in excess as like a collector's item which serves like basically no purpose. Yes. And like, I don't know. Like, I know. I have conflicting views on it. Our bodies being like normal bodies is just not seen as normal because we don't show that, which on the one hand is like fine to show like perfection, but on the other hand, if that's what you just are expecting everything to be, like it's yep. just wrong. Like it's just not like that. That's why I like that Instagram account, the Sunday Morning View. I love that Instagram. Okay, seriously, follow. It's called Sunday Morning View. Mm -hmm. um, it will make you feel like, oh, they about your whole body. They post photos of women that have pubic hair. They mm -hmm. post photos of women with stretch marks, cellulite. Yes. Well, we actually body look fat. Like, yeah, like it's good. I love following that account. It makes me feel so like seen. Sometimes body positive stuff is too like, I see women being like body positive, but they're so curvaceous. I know because in the like hourglass figure and their stomachs are still yep. flat, even though they have like significantly more fat on their bodies than I do. I'm like, she looks amazing and I am like weird and disproportionate. Like, well, I think I feel like the wrong people are kind of representing body positive. I think it should be people with like weird bodies. Well, it's, like it's, I should be a body positive person because my body is weird. I I think we both should be. Let's like, do it. Like the women who are like the like big voices of body positivity and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. Like nothing against them at all. But like no, like it's good. Like that matters. Like but they can't possibly understand the words of what they're saying because they're conventionally attractive. Right. They're conventionally proportionally correct. They're conventionally like what men find attractive. Right. So therefore they have a greater privilege and are treated differently. Yeah. And so it's good that they're like a voice, but at the same time they're not exactly living in the same reality. Right. So if you think we should do Instagram versus reality body positive oh, posts, yeah. let us know and then I'll cry. But no, like there should be more people with like non-traditionally standard like standard attractive body types yeah. representing like body positive. And then I've seen from someone, I can't remember who, but like another argument, I think this is on our outline that we've totally gone off of, oh, but yeah. um, that like the body positive movement, she was saying confuses her because she's like, why is it so focused on being beautiful as if you have to be beautiful to be valuable? Yep. And some people aren't beautiful by like the standard of like what causes our body to like want to reproduce with you yes. on a genetic level like some people just aren't like that yeah and that doesn't have to mean you're beautiful anyway it just means like that's not the only important like that doesn't have to be the most important thing like yeah there's so many other attributes that are important so i i feel like i held up a sign in our auxiliary magazine like you're beautiful despite anything making you feel like you're not or whatever but then i'm like do people have to be able to feel like they're beautiful? Like, I, we hold beauty on such a pedestal. And I'm like, on the one hand, I think beauty is, like, an important, almost, like, natural thing. Because, mm -hmm. like, the earth is beautiful. 
beautiful, so we should all be able to feel beautiful because we're part of the earth. I think it just comes down to what is beauty, what is right. beautiful, and exactly we've been fed the same story and the same set of rules forever. So we have. Because I think that girl's argument is like about attractiveness, yes, and not about like what beauty is. That and it's all like you know opinionated. Like some people right. think that other people are straight up beautiful. Like I think that Adam Driver is beautiful. Someone yeah. else might be like. No. And they're wrong. And they're but. wrong. <laughs> I think it's important to question what is beautiful, to question our programming, right. and to question the value that we internally right. place on beauty because, I mean, beauty fades and like, right. if you've based all of your decisions and worth off that and you haven't developed skills or a deeper sense of self outside of just being like the hot person. You're, the second half of your life is going to suck. Yeah, totally. Like, you're going to feel this huge void in, like, the people that have clung to you for that superficial reason, they're going to, like, go mm -hmm. away, and it's just, it's, it's messy. How do you embrace your unconventional attractiveness? Kind of. Wait, how do you or have I? How do you? Oh, okay. <laughs> and have you? Um, I think, look, I'm just turning this more and more into a pool. Yes. <laughs> I think to do that... You have to look at your physical features that make you out not fit conventional beauty standards. So mm -hmm. like, oh god, I don't even know where to start. Um. Okay, I have really small boobs. What's that like? They <laughs> they like they fluctuate with my body weight, obviously, but they're small. Yeah. Or whatever. My boots are so big right now by my standards. Really? As being an A cup. A cup. Um, I've been made fun of my whole life by men for having no tits. And that's something I want to talk about is the way that we word things. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you see a girl who has like small boobs and you say she has no tits, whether you mean it negatively or positively, neutral, whatever, you really need to change your wording because this is implying that if someone has below a certain size, they don't have anything. So right. therefore they're not valid. Right. I have been told that I have no tits by so many people. And it's like, I'm not less of a woman or less attractive just because I have smaller boobs and my boobs happen to be pretty nice and they look good with my body size. Mm -hmm. And having to embrace that, especially with like certain types of fashion that I wear that is only made for women right. with larger boobs, right. it's been really hard. And so like I used to like wear like those crazy Victoria's Secret uh, padded bras every single oh, day yeah. of my life to give the illusion of having like a full chest until I stopped wearing bras last year. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of had to like, just, I spent a lot of time, I spent a lot of time naked. I really do. I spent a lot of time sitting in front of a mirror naked and just looking at myself over and over and over mm -hmm. and over until I'm just like, this is just who I am. Yep. This is who I am and I don't look like everyone else. I'm a very small, like, petite person. I'm only 5'1". Mm -hmm. Like, my body is set up very different. I have really long legs and not so much of a torso. <laughs> and I have a small chest and my... I don't know, I think my butt's a little bit bigger for my frame, maybe, by my standards, <laughs> I don't know. I just try to embrace it mm -hmm. and think, like, I don't really look like anyone else. 
And I think not looking like everyone else is really cool. It's an asset. It's a good thing. It's, yeah, really, it's really cool. cool. I totally relate about like the boob thing. Mm-hmm. Like, especially, okay, when I was, this was a while ago, like six years ago, I was working out a lot, like lifting weights a lot. Um, and I was eating like perfect. So my body was like very fit looking and my ex literally said like you have a man chest because like I have like very little breast tissue like there's just not a lot there throw the whole man away yeah like he said that to me and it was kind of hurtful but at the same time I was also like that's cool I'm kind of proud because I spent a lot of time in the gym yeah but um for like years I kind of went back and forth about like should I have breast implants like should I get an augmentation done like because it was a big insecurity for me and I ended up not doing it and I think if I did like it would be fine but now that I I weigh right now like this is the most I've ever weighed in my life and like the biggest I've ever been so I'm like the curviest I've ever been and I personally like it's not my preference to be curvy and I'm like honestly I think if I had gotten a breast augmentation I would have not liked it because yeah. I don't like being curvy everyone has their like preference all. Yeah. and I, I've seen other women who do the same thing that, that I have done like they go from having a very thin more athletic looking body to having a curvier body and they love it and they're like this feels amazing like I've gained weight and I really like how I look and I can like embrace my curves and all this like that's really not for me mm-hmm. and I think like if I had gotten so caught up in that insecurity that I got surgery, I would have really regretted it. And that's another reason why it's like important to like not make impulsive decisions about your body, especially within like certain years of your life. Right. Yeah. Like if I had done that when I was yeah. twenty four, like it wouldn't have been a good idea. So. I if I had gotten all the procedures done that I wanted to in my twenties, like if I had had access to that kind of like money. I would look nothing like I do now. Yeah. Nothing. And I'm not saying I would hate it, like, to the point of being, like, miserable, but I just think I would be like, eh, it's not really what I thought it would be. Like, it's not fulfilling me. And I know that it does fulfill a lot of women, and I'm glad that it's an option for them. Um, But, I mean, the same way that I've gotten, like, some of my tattoos, I'm like, I wouldn't get that now. Like, I feel like getting, like, a cosmetic surgery on that level is, like even more than having a tattoo that I'm like, eh. Like, imagine if I had boobs that I was like, eh. (laughs) Yeah. It just would not be very convenient. Yeah. It would be a big, expensive inconvenience. Cosmetic stuff is something, like, there's nothing wrong with it, but just spend a lot of time really thinking about it. Let years go by and make sure that it's still the same thing that you want. Yeah. That's, like, that's huge. Then I've gone the other way too. I'm like, maybe like now that my body's curvier, I would feel like it's more proportionate and like, I would like it better if I had bigger boobs. But then I'm like, I just think overall, like I just would rather be shaped more like tomboyish in my body. And that's, that's totally fine. Me. This, you and I are like complete opposites. I know. This. I'm like, we should trade. Like, <laughs> I naturally look that way and I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to have like a curvier body. But then I also have to step outside of that and question, when did I start wanting that? And where did that come from? It's very trendy right now. And I think that it literally comes from shitty things that a lot of people in my life have said to me. Yeah. Like, the pressure for me to gain weight. The pressure for me to acquire more body mass and, Mm -hmm. like, be curvier and, like, being compared to women that I don't look like that have Mm -hmm. that. Like, 
I also like am super insecure because I'm so small, like I'm short, I'm petite, that I want to be taken seriously as a woman, not yeah. a child. Yeah. And when you're very short like I am, people do actually treat you very differently. They treat you like they can't take you seriously. They get a very dominant attitude with you. I get that still because I'm I'm pretty on the petite side. Mm-hmm. I'm five three, I'm pretty little. Um and like, people never think that I'm my age. Mm-hmm. Like, they think I'm much younger. Oh, here's a good story. I went, um, this was a few, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. It was still, like, 27, probably, or 28, even. Um, I'm trying to think of what it was. Yeah, uh, I went to open, like, a different bank account, and they were like, oh, you've decided it's time and I was like, uh, yeah, I just thought I would open an account here. And they're like, okay. Like, literally talking to me like I like needed my mom with me. Oh and, um, and I was like, yes. So I was looking online at how you have a minimum fee uh, to have an account here. But I just want to have this account for convenience because you're the closest bank to my house. So I want to get rid of that fee. And I do have a mortgage with this bank. Oh, so. mortgage. Because I'm a girl. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, I was just wondering if you would waive the fee since it would be like a second account and blah, 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 blah. And then they were just like, huh? And and then another time um, around, like maybe the year before that, I was in an apartment it was before I bought my condo. And um, a woman came and knocked on the door. They were like checking the apartment complex, like appliances or something. She literally said, sweetie, is your mom home? Like just because I'm like a small oh god person, I'm like I know my skincare routine is good, but like damn, <laughs> like I know I'm vegan and it really shows. It really shows. And I was nice to her, of course. She was embarrassed, but like you just get treated differently. Very when, differently. when you're a small woman. It's so. So I can't true. imagine like being even smaller. It sucks because I've gone to, like, so many events, either with friends, with exes, like, you know, whatever, events where you, like, get dressed up. Yeah. And let's say, like, for whatever reason, I didn't put on my five to seven inch heels. Mm-hmm. The way that I'm treated is mind-blowing. Yeah. No one, like, no one even acknowledges my existence. Yeah. And not, like, not the people I'm with, but, like, the people in the public right. space. Right, Um, no one acknowledges my existence. Everyone, like, talks to me, like... I'm a child, and... But, okay, so let's talk about what self-care actually is. Yes. Self-care is... It's, like, truly caring for yourself. Like, if you were your own best friend or your own kid, how would you take care of you? Mm -hmm. That's a really good way of putting it. Like, would you treat your friend the shitty way that you're treating yourself? Like, would you... Would I look at you and be like, wow, you're asymmetrical as fuck. No. You should die. It's like, <laughs> it, but would you say that to yourself? Yes. Yeah, and we have to stop talking to ourselves that way. Yeah, we have to. It's it's very hard, and it's going to happen, but just when you notice yourself doing things like that, just like, would you talk to your friend that way? Absolutely not. No, and you love your friends. Like, would you talk to anyone you love that way? No. And that's that's another way to see, like, when people actually, like, hate themselves is how mean they are to other people. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Totally. Um, So I think a good way to deprogram that is to just, like, reflect on that kind of language when you're giving it to yourself. And then um, this is kind of like a 
meditation practice, a therapeutic practice, but like learning how to really check in with yourself and figure out what you truly need. That's not, um, for me, I have a big tendency to like surround myself with distractions. So while self-help books and self-help like podcasts or like educational content is really like useful and good for me and helps me grow in a lot of ways. It's also a way of like not dealing with things. Yeah, I do um, the same thing. Like I will endlessly listen to podcasts or like endlessly yes. read books. And it's like it's almost like this thing of like you think if you have the knowledge, then magically your problems are gonna go away. Right. Or maybe that's just me. Mm-hmm. But like I will power through like thirteen TED talks. And be like, this is so profound, amazing, blah, blah, right. blah. Am I applying any of that to my own life? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. On to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, like you have to give yourself space to actually put into practice the things that you learn. Yeah. I think something that I um, want to get better at, but something that I'm trying to do is to actually like take notes on the educational stuff I'm doing. Because like, let's be honest, in high school... I could just memorize shit off hearing it one time. I got to college. My life was ruined when I realized I wasn't the most brilliant person in the world who just had a photographic memory and I actually had to study and yep. write things down in order to retain any information, like, truly. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm trying to, like, actually, like, when I have books that come with, like, worksheets and stuff or, like, I do a lot of audiobooks. A lot of times they come with PDF, like, companion stuff. I try to actually, like fill that out yes. and like do the stuff that it tells me to do and like put it into practice in my life. Otherwise, like I will truly let myself go zero seconds with my own thoughts. Like I will just be like headphones on and I have headphones on like a lot of the time. So to sit in silence with my own thoughts and my own brain, yep. it's terrifying and I don't want to ever do it. Like I don't like doing it, but to make myself do that is a, is a form of self-care. It is not fun or enjoyable you know like self-care isn't always something that is just like pampering yourself it can be and that's that's important too but I wouldn't say that's like truly what self-care is all about and I also feel like self-care looks different for each person like absolutely you're saying that like your whole thing is like you line up distractions 24 7 so that you never have to sit with yourself yeah fuck that I never want to I mean I never want to do that um I do the opposite where like I, I don't line up enough stuff because I'm so caught up in ruminating and like mm-hmm. driving myself absolutely crazy and thinking of hypotheticals and oh, I could have done this better to the point where like I completely shut down and don't function as a human being. Mm-hmm. And so self-care for me is looking ahead, a month ahead and going, I'm going to plan stuff for like intervals and make sure that I have enough stuff going on so I don't get sucked into yeah. just sitting in myself and being like... Yeah. Like street jackets. Yeah. So it's really interesting because it's it's opposite. Yeah. It's different for a lot of people. And it's still and it feels like it sucks for me when I have to like be so methodical about stuff. I'm just like, why can't I just be a person who makes plans on the go? Because I won't. And I'll sit in my head and then I'll spiral and then I'll cry and like mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's it's hard. And I, I think um what it really is, is I like the term better of, like, self-compassion or self... Even self-love, like, I don't... It's not... I feel weird about saying self-love, too. Like, I don't know why. I get it, but I'm, like... For me, it's more about, like, 
self-companionship like be there for yourself and like yeah the kind of advice like if your friend comes to you and asks for advice because we don't give unsolicited advice ever never never um <laughs> like if if someone comes to you and asks for advice and you are giving them advice like come to yourself and ask yourself for advice yes. you know instead of just like lining up your distractions in whatever form they are or like ruminating or whatever form of like negative patterns that you're in that you need to help yourself out of like give yourself advice on how to do that and then follow it like actually follow it and I think part of like you know it's hard to see like which ways that we're being bad to ourselves unless we have an objective third party person pointed out because like listen to our friends but like not really Mm -hmm. and that's where I think therapy comes into play therapy is what I have given myself yes for self-care yes like it is the most important thing for myself Mm -hmm. and it has been life-changing it's huge I think it's funny that you mentioned like planning ahead in your calendar and stuff like because when I told my therapist how much I put in my calendar she's like wait a second you do what and I'm like I put in like when I wake up and then I put in like what I'm gonna like my whole morning routine is in the wake up one and then like I put in when I'm driving and when I arrive at work and then when I leave work and then when I get home like it's and I've told her like I made the joke like I just run myself like a computer program. Isn't that part of the avoidant thing? Yes, yeah. because I'm just I'm like I'm gonna overwork myself, and then I'm when I get home I'm gonna do more stuff. I'm just gonna never stop. If I never slow down, then all I have to do is continue listening to stuff in order to fall asleep, and then just wake up and do it again. You know, and I know that like adding a little more spontaneity into my life could be a good thing. Or like she'll ask like, what would happen if you just didn't follow that? And I'm like. Oh no, I died? Yeah, yeah. So it's good because to me, at a certain point in my life, that was a way that I helped myself. Mm -hmm. But now it's become a a new, it's kind of taken a new form. And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have realized that without like being in therapy. Like it really helps you realize everything. (laughs) Everything. It honestly is like the best thing you can give to yourself. Yeah. Regardless of who you are and what your life has been. Therapy is, like, the best self-care. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Seriously. Yeah. Um, so, it's not just a bath bomb. No. And these are all marketing techniques to get us to buy money. Remember what we talked about in the beginning with, like, you know, preying on women's insecurities? Well, they also prey on these trends. Like, when we decided, like, let's start loving ourselves more than all these companies were like, self-care, face masks, bath bombs, right. get one, you deserve it, girl. Yeah, we deserve it, but it's not coming from, like, a good intention place. It's literally just trying to take our money. Yeah, it's, capitalism will find any way to monetize anything. And there's so much money to be made off of women because we're constantly being cut down, blah, 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 you get it, just... Realize that self-care is more than buying yourself something materialistic or putting on a face mask or a bath bomb. Self-care is meditation, it's journaling, it's going to therapy, it's yep. being real with how you actually feel. Yep. And not, you know, doing like the toxic positivity thing. Like, I hate toxic positivity. I could literally talk about that until I die. I know, same. It's bad. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, so let us know what you think. Um, was this episode helpful? Uh, I know all of us struggle with insecurities and it's mm -hmm. tough. Uh, so let us know kind of what you thought. And um, if you want to share some of your dumb insecurities that you're like, wow, this is dumb that I think one of my nostrils being slightly different than the other one matters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Feel free to share that with us. Um, yeah. Thank you for supporting us. Thank um, you for getting our channel monetized. Yeah. That's sick. Um, we are really excited about that. And we are. we're going to try to be a little bit conscious of being, I'm going to ruin every episode. I know it's going to be hard. Yeah. We have already got one one episode is demonetized already, but it's mm -hmm. fine. Oh, and uh, possible upcoming episode themes. Tell us what you think. Um, we were thinking predatory behavior. Yeah. Um, and maybe another sex episode part two. If you guys want part two to that, let us know. Yes. Um, please subscribe. Please. And hit the like button. Mm -hmm. Please. And turn on the notification and, bell. And share it with and other share friends it. that you think might, you know, feel the same way. Yeah, and leave a comment or if you're listening as a, in the podcast format, only like leave a review yes. on it. That's really helpful to us. Um, and thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Bye.